0: Welcome and greetings to our, our, our visitors. I
1: suspect uh, the DM uh, will be with us and uh, the team that she will be leading, uh, but also the team from Parliament, the uh, Minister and the and the communication team in the administrator. Welcome. Uh, today we are hosting the Department of Public administration, mainly around uh, uh, an update in terms of the work that they are doing around a single public uh, uh, service administration. Uh, We have uh, uh, seen the presentation from the department and uh, without any of time, let me give over to the committee secretary to uh, present apologies to us. Thank you,
2: Chairperson. Good morning, honorable members, colleagues. <laughs> the apologies that we have received are as follows. It's apology from Honorable Mama Rekhane. She is traveling to Cape Town this morning. She may not join the meeting. Honorable Khaya and Honorable Borotathes, they are in Hauting. They are attending a an ad hoc committee on disasters meeting. Honorable Aplene is on leave and doing a party work, organizational work, actually. Thank, thank you. And
1: also the apology from the minister received it. Yes, also
2: we've received the apology from the minister chair. And also the thank standing apology for Honourable Lansman. Thank you, Chair.
1: Thank you, thank you, Mr. Uh, Chair, for presenting this apologies. Let's let's, let's, let's note uh, and accept this apologies. And uh, uh, I understand that uh, the the uh, delegation will be the Deputy Minister, uh, Dr. Uh, the DG means uh, and, uh, and I do uh, from the Legal Services and then also Mr. Mapunda, the TD, responsible for Women's Source Management and also the Director of Management, Mr. Maku so that is the delegation that we have uh, once we are done with the with the uh, presentation, we'll then invite members to engage uh, the uh, presentation. And without any waste of time, may I uh, invite the Deputy Minister uh, for opening remarks. Do we have the DM
3: uh, the dear Mr. Uh, Chairperson, good morning to you. Good morning to members of the select committee. Uh, it's a pleasure for us to actually come before you this morning, and I just want to greet the public in general, uh, including officials uh, from the department uh, today. Uh, can I switch off my mic, uh, uh, Chair, because my what I am reception is poor.
1: Yes, you can see the video uh, DM. Uh, Chair, I think she really did switch off the mic, uh, and she meant video.
3: Okay, I'm back now, I'm back.
1: <laughs> thank, you, uh, thank you. Yes, thank
3: you, thank you very much. Today we're going to be presenting uh, to the select committee, a briefing in relation to the enforcement of the implementation of public service regulations across uh, the public service I'm to the and standardization of government administrative uh, business processes as requested by the committee. I think it's befitting for the committee to actually request... I'm in a meeting... Uh, A briefing of this nature because public service regulations are very important in terms of delivery of services to the people of South Africa in a way that the people actually expect government to deliver services to make a difference and change in their lives. Also, what is important, uh, Chair, in terms of what we've actually been requested to come and present this morning is the fact that for now, uh, the Department of Public Service and Administration is only responsible for national government departments and provinces. We are not yet in the local government sphere. Even if there is uh, a bill that is actually still being worked on, that may actually lead us to a situation uh, where we may be in the position to have one public service in the future. Uh, The bill is the um, public administrative and management uh, bill that is actually being looked at. Uh, And In its uh, conceptualization, um, single public service or public administration is envisaged as a critical and strategic intervention of government to further enhance and strengthen the capability of the systems of government across the three spheres to deliver the uh, state's developmental agenda for enhanced service uh, delivery and better integration of efforts, the single public administration will be based on fun, fundamental prime premise that institutions across the three spheres of government co- comprise the machinery of the state and have to be strategically aligned and harmonized to complement one another so as to more effectively fulfill the needs of the citizens of the the country. What is important is to actually also understand what this implies and be alert even also to challenges that we might actually experience once we have reached the stage, which means we we shouldn't actually just blindly enter into this process without making proper assessment and analysis to the extent that it will actually fully inform us as to how this will actually manage to work out without um, uh, too many challenges. Um, we, have, we are also alert to the fact that we need to make an audit of the, uh, or a review of uh, public service regulations to the extent that public service regulations shouldn't become a debilitating factor for service delivery uh, to us um, providing what South Africans need, it should become a vehicle that actually makes it possible for whatever government has got to offer to the people of South Africa to be possible. This process has already started from within the Department of Public Service and Administration. We are led to the fact that we need to actually also embark on a a consultation process so that it shouldn't be be a process that's almost like a desktop research that would actually think it will give answers without actually interacting with the very people that this is affecting. We're hoping in future, we will be in the position to actually give you a report of this nature, that will be part of these instruments and tools that we as the Department of Public Service and Administration want to continue using to perfect public service for the people of South Africa. Um, Chair, may I take the opportunity to handing over to the DG in order for the uh, director general to make a presentation on this that you've actually called us here for.
1: I thank you. Thank you, thank you, dear. Uh, the DG, who is this? On those who are claiming on the various grants,
3: Chair, if the DG is not available for now, because I thought she was going to be joining us, may I ask? I think I think DG is here on the platform. DG, can we hear you hear uh, me
1: Apologies, uh, DM and Chair. Uh, this is the Chief Director in the Office of the DG. The DG has requested uh, that uh, the Head of Legal Services take us over through the meeting. Thank you. Thank you, let's, uh, let's allow the head of the legal services to present.
0: Good morning, Chair. Good morning, uh, honorable members of the committee. Um, thank you, DM, for the introduction. I think that gives us a sense of uh, what the presentation is going to deal with. Um, chair, I'm going to start
1: with your video with your video because this is streaming so that at least the public's able to relate with the person who has the voice. Yeah,
0: I'm going to try and do that now. Um, good morning, chair. Can you hear me? Can you see me now?
1: Yes, 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 we can see you now. Hi.
0: Good morning.
4: That's good.
0: My name is R- <laughs> Thank you. My name is Renisha Naidu. I'm the Chief Director of Legal Services for the Department of Public Service and Administration. Um, I will be taking uh, the committee through the presentation that we've prepared at the request of the committee. Um, Chair, uh, if you don't mind, I would request that I switch my camera off so that I can share a screen. To allow for the presentation, otherwise, you're going to get network issues.
1: No problem. Thank you.
0: I'm going to share my screen now. Okay, you'll just uh, confirm that you can see my screen.
1: Yes, yes, we can indeed uh, see the presentation. Thank
0: you. Thank you very much. Um, Chair and committee members, um, we were asked to present on a topic called the enforcement of the implementation of the public service regulations across the public service to ensure uniformity and standardization of government administrative business processes. Um, We have done a presentation uh, to address these issues. Um, The outline of the presentation is firstly to unpack what was requested by the committee so that we all um, are at idem with what, uh, what we are talking about. And then to give a broad overview of the single public administration initiative, what we have done thus far, what was intended, and what we've achieved. Uh, then to talk about the Act itself that gave effect to that single public administration initiative to some degree, as well as other reforms and some envisaged timelines for the committee to note as they uh, in, um, interact with these processes. Uh, Chair, at the uh, we when we received this request from the committee. Um, we, we then had to seek clarity from uh, the secretariat of the committee to, to make sure that when we respond to a uh, request from the committee, that we respond as the committee had envisaged. So following our uh, request for clarity on what the topic was about, we received uh, an email that clarified that the committee was um, was of the view that um, there were challenges that were uh, identified in previous years, which talked to the lack of integration and coordination across government, um, the dissimilar experience of government services, as well as the different conditions of service that exist between the public service and local government, as well as entities. Um, So taking into account the further clarification um, that was uh, requested and, and obtained, we have then done this presentation to within the context of the Single Public Administration Initiative, which was precisely that initiative which sought to address those challenges that the committee was raising. Uh, so it is in that context that this presentation is being done. Chair, um, we when we started the public service, uh, the single public administration initiative. One of the questions that we had to ask was, why did we need it? And what was it going to achieve? Um, One of the biggest concerns around a single public administration uh, process is that by the constitutional processes, we must recognize that the spheres of government are distinctive. They are independent. They are interrelated. And and in that context, as we develop legislation or as we try to improve the state capacity and capability that we are required to do in terms of the national development plan, we must recognize that that distinctiveness of the spheres of government. Um, As we started the single public administration, one of the Uh, or some of the issues that we sought to address was simply to improve state capacity by ensuring that people have the requisite know-how and attributes and skills and abilities to do the job that they are employed to do. The second element of improved state capacity is to ensure that we have a professionalized public service. And this is a critical milestone in building a capable ethical and developmental state. Um, the second target that we sought to achieve through a single public administration was to improve state capability. This basically talks to improving and enabling the state to perform its functions at a very macro level. So we're not talking about inter um, Administrative matters that are dealt with on a daily basis. We're talking about macro enablers such as systems, structures, processes, governance arrangements uh, and instruments, technologies and innovation. Everything that helps the state drive its machinery. Um, the objective and the specific objectives of the single public administration share, as it was conceived was to provide a platform for the achievement of a single and integrated public administration system that was strengthened by legislative governance and proper frameworks. We also had to ensure that institutions across all three, is, uh, three spheres of government, uh, which is the machinery of the state, and that is your your public service, which is your national and local government, so your national and provincial government, as well as your local government, are strategically aligned and harmonized to complement each other so that they effectively fulfill the needs of citizens of the country. Um, we also had to ensure that there was uh, a single and integrated public administration that anchors the implementation and sustenance of the district coordinated service delivery model. We further had to reinforce the critical lo- role of government in building a capable and developmental state. And the model seeks to strengthen principles of cooperative governance and inter- intergovernmental relations. So it basically seeks to bring government together uh, in, in terms of delivering services and um, uh, and of uh, organizing itself in a manner to deliver proper services. Um, Chair, in the context of the single public administration, we also then, when we envisaged the single public administration initially, it was conceived that there will be one piece of legislation that will cut across the whole of the state to manage the organization and the management, general management, as well as the functioning and personnel-related matters in all three spheres of government. So when we started the Public Administration Management Bill at the time in 2002, the intention was then to replace the Public Service Act in its entirety, as well as to replace sections of the Municipal Systems Act. But as the chair and committee members would note from reading off the Public Administration Management Act, as we see, that was passed in 2014. It did not repeal the Public Service Act, and it did not repeal the Municipal Systems Act. So we have an act currently um, that that deals with matters that are not regulated either by the Public Service Act or the Municipal Systems Act. So as we take this process forward, to, to looking at how then do we, do we get to a point where uh, we, are, we are achieving the single public administration uh, principles, but not through one single act. Uh, the approach that we've taken to, to get this better coordination is to retain the Municipal Systems Act as well as the Public Service Act, but to allow the PAMA to manage those matters that are not regulated by those acts, but, but which require uh, systems that, that will traverse both the public service as well as municipalities to, Excuse me, to ensure that there's better coordination in those particular areas. In areas that are regulated by the Municipal Systems Act and the Public Service Act, as I will present later, we will find mechanisms within which those two pieces of legislation can be better aligned to ensure that, that um, single public administration is achieved. So Chair, in a nutshell, the approach that we've taken is to retain the current acts, is to amend the Public Administration Management Act to the extent that uh, those provisions that, that prove to be problematic to implement as it stands are amended. But it's also to introduce new provisions in the public administration that will cross uh, that will cross again uh, across all uh, government institutions, including to some degree public entities, where this act will provide mechanisms to remove unjustifiable disparities in conditions of service across the um, the spheres of government. It is also an act, as we amend, to find processes that will define proper coordinated mandating processes when it comes to collective bargaining, et cetera. We are also then, as we retain the Public Service Act and the Public Administration Act, as well as the Municipal Systems Act, there is going to have to be measures that we take into account as we develop norms and standards that affect the public administration so that there's better coordination between those pieces of legislation and that will require collaboration between the Department of Public Service and Administration as well as the Department of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs. Um, Chair, just to give a sense of where we started with the single public administration in a a a diagram. Um, In 2002, this process was conceived. In 2014, a bill was in 2008, a bill was drafted. As I said, it was quite an extensive bill. During the 2014 process, between 2008 and 2014, the legislative process, the bill was reduced to 20 sections. It did not, as I said, repeal uh, the existing pieces of legislation, uh, but it does support those pieces of legislation. Uh, Since then, since 2014 to 2021, there has been extensive work that's been done, both in terms of operationalizing PAMA, as well as in terms of drafting regulations and drafting amendments to ensure that we are able to implement what we have. So Chair, just in a nutshell, the Public Administration Management Act that was passed in 2014, achieved some of the fundamental aspirations of the single public administration. It was the first step towards this process. The act as it stands allows for across the board uh, coordination in certain areas uh, across uh, the public administration where it enables mobility of staff between the spheres of government. So it provides for transfers and secondments across. Uh, It provides for measures around uh, systems and mechanisms for service delivery. It talks to a shared vision and common culture as encapsulated in Section 195 of the Constitution. It also talks to common norms and standards for services. So when we talk about service centers, etc., the PAMA currently allows for norms and standards in those areas. There's also um, provisions that deal with training and capacitating public servants, as well as employees in municipalities. Um, There's issues and there's provisions to deal with uh, IT systems, ICT generally, in terms of security, interoperability, maximizing its economies of scale, um, and also eliminating the uh, astronomical costs that are incurred when we develop systems that are fragmented. So in in a nutshell, the PAMA has done this in 2014. Um, Since 2014, we have brought into operation 13 sections of PAMA, and that was brought into operation in 2019. There are seven sections of PAMA that we have not been able to operationalize for various reasons. The main one being that there are certain provisions in the act that are too costly or too overburdened to bring into operation um, and and those require then amendment to the public serv- uh, public administration management act to to deal with those areas that for practical purposes can't be implemented and those and, and I'll explain as we move um, There are other provisions that require regulations for its proper implementation and those regulations, the process to develop those regulations started way back when the Act was promulgated in 2014. Since 2014, we have um, established within the DPSA um, an Ethics, Integrity, Disciplinary and Technical Assistance Unit, as well as the Office of Standards and Compliance that was established Through the Public Administration Management Act. Um, And so we have given effect to to those provisions. The TAO, which is uh, the Ethics Integrity Discipline Technical Assistance Unit, is primarily (coughs) focused on strengthening the state's ability to eradicate corruption, eliminate unethical behavior and practices. The main objective of the TAO was to ensure that the public administration is insulated from unethical public servants and corrupt activities. Um, the, uh, the work that is done by TAO includes the management of ethics, as well as dealing with financial disclosures of employees. And as you would have seen in uh, recent uh, workshops, recent newspaper articles, etc., the TAO is involved in dealing with lifestyle audits across the public administration, developing systems to do those lifestyle audits, as well as creating mechanisms to ensure that conflicts of interest and uh, unethical behavior is eradicated from the state. So that is the work of the TAO um, that is currently underway. The Office of Standards, which was also established in terms of this act, is responsible for promoting compliance by institutions. Uh, with public, service, public administration norms and standards. So both these units have a span of uh, reach across the administration. So they deal with both national government, provincial government, as well as um, municipalities. The Office of Standards is primarily to deal with systems that will encourage uh, compliance with, with norms and standards to ensure that when the Auditor General does their audit, there has been some work done behind the scenes to ensure that uh, institutions start to comply and the culture of compliance must change. So so that is primarily then the focus of the Office of Standards and Compliance. Chair, in terms of the regulations, there have been two sets of regulations that have been developed since 2014. One, the first set is to deal with the TAO, and the second set is to deal with the Office of Standards and Compliance. Um, The the regulations um, primarily give powers to to the TAO unit and, and create a framework within which lifestyle audits and ethics and integrity will be managed. And the Office of Standards and Compliance similarly deal with the powers of the office in terms of how they will then inculcate Compliance throughout the administration. Um, Chair, in 2019, um, the DPSA also then embarked on the process to amend the Public Administration Management Act, which was to deal with the issues where um, there was there required to be amendments, uh, where prov- uh, provisions were um, difficult to to implement, as I said. Um, But also as we embark on this process, the amendments that we are seeking to do seek to further entrench the public administration, the single public administration initiative, um, so that we can remove unfair disparities where they exist in in the public administration. So that's one of the fundamental provisions that are coming in through the public administration management amendment bill. Um, in a nutshell, I've summarised what the amendment bill will do. Um, it's going to strengthen the provisions for transfers and secondments of employees across the spheres of government. We note that conditions of service and um, and salaries etc. Are, are quite different in the different spheres of government, especially between the public service and municipalities. So there is work that's being done to make sure that employees are not unfairly disadvantaged when these transfers and secondments are done. Um, there's also uh, a need in these amendments to clarify provisions around the prohibition that exists where employees conduct business uh, with the state. Uh, There have been some unintended consequences that are being being managed through this process. Uh, It's also then to provide for the fundamental change to the structure of the National School of Government. Um, In terms of the Public Administration Management Act, as it stands, the school of government must be created as a education of higher learning. Um, And and that has proved to be one of the areas where it's been difficult uh, to implement that for various reasons. Um, And then to provide again, as I said, coordinated mandating processes as well as processes to remove unfair disparities across the administration. Um, Chair, just in terms of um, other reforms that the DPSA is, is busy with, and I think it, it's something for the committee to note, um, as we talk about reviewing um, regulations and making things easier, I think the DM has touched on these issues. The DPSA is also amending the Single Ads, the Public, Ad, Public Service Act, And the amendments to the Public Service Act are to uh, include at this point, and it's still subject to consultations, um, the devolution of administrative powers to executive authorities to make decisions from executive authorities to heads of department. It's envisaged that those processes will allow easier decision making um, and and it will create efficiencies in the system. And then to augment the role of the DG in the presidency to support the president, as well as to deal with matters that arose out of constitutional court judgments in terms of overpayments and recovery thereof. Um, It's also to clarify the role of the Public Service Commission in terms of grievances and the role of the president and the premier in terms of the appointment and career incidents of HOD. So that's, in a summary, what the Public Service Act amendment is, is seeking to deal with. Uh, In addition to amendments to the Public Administration Management Act and the Public Service uh, Act, the DPSA is also in the process of reviewing the public service regulations of 2016. Um, As as the committee might be aware, there has been an outcry about the, and I think DiEM has mentioned it, there's been an outcry about the amount of red tape that exists across government and the amount of um, the overburdening of uh, of regulations in the the system. So the DPSA has started a process to review um, those regulations, and a gap analysis has been concluded to to identify the areas that, that will assist in eliminating the unnecessary red tape and creating those efficiencies which we see. Um, Chair, as we go through these processes and, and bearing in mind the single public administration initiative, there is also a process to ensure that as we amend what exists in the public service, we don't create huge disparities between the public service and municipalities. So we're looking to align better with provisions across the spheres of government as we do these reforms. In terms of the alignment across spheres, and I think this is more on an administrative level and how we will manage these uh, between um, the two departments, the DPSA and the Department of Cooperative Governance. Um, As we are aware, the Minister for Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs is responsible for legislation that affects local government. And the Minister for Public Service and Administration is responsible for the Public Service Act, which deals with national and provincial departments. Uh, To some degree, the Public Administration Management Act, which is administered by the Minister for Public Service and Administration, as well as the Minister of Cooperative Governance when it comes to the making of regulations, and that act covers the national, provincial, as well as municipal departments. Um, So in that context, there is recognition that the Department of Cooperative Governance is one of the major stakeholders with the DPSA for the attainment of the single public administration. And therefore, there is a need for both these departments to constantly consult each other and to ensure that the policies that individual ministers make supported by the individual departments are aligned as far as possible and streamlined and that any unnecessary disparities are avoided uh, going as we go forward towards the realization of the single public administration. Uh, Chair, just to bring to the committee's notice, there's also processes within the Department of Cooperative Governance, where we have been informed that it is also reviewing some of its legislation affecting local government, as we are aware Uh, The Municipal Systems Act was just amended recently through Parliament and has been signed into law recently by the President. So there has been a recent amendment. And as we embark on our processes to review legislation that affects the public service as well as public administration through the PAMA, we will then be consulting collaboratively with the Department of Cooperative Governance to ensure that we achieve those principles that are underpinned by the, public, the single public administration initiative. Uh, Chair, as, as the last uh, slide, uh, we've provided some timelines for the committee to note. Um, as I have indicated, the DPSA has embarked on amendments to both the Public Administration Management uh, Act as well as the Public Service Act. And both those amendment bills are in the process. Uh, They are currently in the NEDLAC process. But the timeline that we envisage for them to be submitted to Parliament is still in this financial year. So we are expecting to table it by the end of this year. Um, So the committee will then, as part of those processes, have to engage on both those bills. Um, In terms of the public administration management regulations, the two sets of regulations that I spoke to earlier, it is envisaged that the ones for the Office of Standards and Compliance will be brought into operation in the course of the 2022-2023 financial year. However, the regulations on the tau will be brought into operation and we are targeting the 1st of April 2023 but that is wholly dependent on institutional and system readiness. Those regulations deal with an electronic e-disclosure system for financial disclosures for both the public service as well as municipalities. But um, in order for us to bring that into operation and to have one system to do that, It requires other system changes. So we are hoping that those system changes will be done by 1 April 2023. If we meet that date of 1 April, then these regulations will then be operationalized across the administration.
5: With that, thank you very much, Chair.
1: Thank you, thank you. Uh, I don't know whether is is there a challenge, uh, committee secretary.
6: We can hear you, chair. Thank
1: you, chair. Uh, yes. Is the presenter finished? Yes.
2: Okay, yes,
1: great. the presenter finished. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank, thank you, thank you, DM uh, for the presentation. Uh, what
3: will then? Do? Uh, maybe before you continue, just to say that, um, in terms of the presentation, slide number eleven, uh, we may have to um, withdraw one bullet point on slide number eleven because it's a matter that is in the uh, professionalisation of public service framework that is still being debated on. It's about devolution of administrative power from the executive to the authorities. What that means, because that interface between administration and executive is something that needs to be looked at carefully. So that first bullet point for the records of Parliament, can we just um, exclude it? Thank you, Chair.
1: So thank, so thank, 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 you, dear, for for that uh, clarity. Uh, we will then uh, having had an opportunity to to go through the presentation, invite uh, honorable members to to raise uh, any point uh, of uh, clarity, point of engagement, any point that honorable members would want to to converse with the the department. The floor is open, honorable members. I've noted uh, honorable uh Boshoff. I've noted honourable Shori. Uh, let's start with honourable
4: uh, okay, I Chair, trust that you can hear me. I'm a bit fluey. um yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for the presentation. Um, it looks good on paper. I just hope that they will be able to stick to their implementation dates. Then I'd also like to ask a question um, regarding the Public Service Administration officials that go from one job to the other within PSA. Um, How are we going to have a look at this? Is there a flagging system in place to stop them um, using this revolving door policy? Um, going from one department to the other. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honourable Basha. Honourable uh, Meshwadi.
5: Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honourable Chairperson. and greetings to you and greetings to the DM and the officials. Uh, let me also, Honourable Chair, thanks for the, for the presentation. My first question, Honorable Chairperson, I just want to check, is the TAU and the Office of Standards and Offices extended to local government, Honorable Jefferson? That is my first question, Chair. The second one, Honorable Chairperson, the 12 Public Administration Management Bill is intended to replace the Public Service Act in its entirely as well as the section of the Local Government Municipality System Act 2000 Act number 32 of 2000. Then, my question, Honorable Chairperson, I just want to check how far is the process when it is going to be brought before Parliament for a consideration, Honorable Chairperson. Other question, Honorable Chairperson, the department says there are different pieces of legislation that must be retained. And they are in the parma that have posed impl- implementation challenges must be amended. My question, Honourable Chairperson, I just want to check which are those pieces of legislation that need to be retained, and why? And why? Secondly, can you specifically state the area in parma that have been posed implementation challenge and need and needing to be amended Honorable Chairperson. The other one Honorable Chairperson. looking at the slide number four of the presentation, is the National School of Government involved in the development of skills? If not, what could be the reason? And if yes, to what extent is the National School of Government linked in ensuring the development of skills across the sector and contributing to the creation of the single public administration, Honorable Chairperson. Secondly, uh, Honorable Chairperson, I just want to check is the public service commissioner playing any role? If so, what is the role? Uh, looking again, Honorable Chairperson, on slide number nine of the presentation, speak to the role of the technical assistance unit in ensuring discipline. So I just want to check, Honorable Chairperson. What are the achievement of the technical assistant unit in controlling controlling corruption? Can the department provide a statistics breakdown in terms of the nature of corruption? The last one, Honorable Chaperson, I just want to check what could be the reason and why the other legislation were not repealed, e.g. The the municipal structures act. Can you just inform the committee about that one? Thank you, honorable chairperson. Sorry, not uh, uh, open my video. Uh, I'm still on sick leave. I've got flu like uh, honorable bosses. Thank you, honorable chair. Thank you. Thank you, honorable. Sorry,
1: honorable Dango.
7: Uh, Chairperson, Mm -hmm. a very simple question. Uh, Who conducts lifestyle audits at which sphere of government? Um, is the staff within the department large enough to actually monitor this? Uh, are the lifetime audits at local government uh, done by local government uh, overseers of or, 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 or this particular project? Um, and is the capacity... To in fact undertake lifestyle audits in all the spheres of government. Thank you.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you, honorable Dango. Uh, just uh, uh, one from my side. The the uh, there's a slide that speaks to the to the uh, second million transfer of uh, of. Uh, Across the across the uh, the spheres, uh, the clarity that I want to 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 to, to pose chair uh, relates to whether that secondment uh, is it is it effective across all the three spheres or that can only be done between national and provincial government. Uh, uh, I'm raising this point, uh, appreciating the. The, the imperatives of the uh, of the politics behind the single public uh, service uh, uh, <clears throat> and 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 also and more so the the uh, regulations uh, does it, is it also applicable to to the municipal systems act um, to, to to the local government sphere given the fact as you have correctly pointed out there will be different regulations Different legislation that covers the local government schemes, specifically uh, residing with the, with the with COPTA, but uh, uh, <clears throat> appreciating the, the point that you raised earlier on around the interdependence, the interrelatedness uh, of the three spheres, uh, and also their the distinctive uh, nature. But I think what is critical is, uh, is the ability to be able. Uh, to strengthen uh, coordinate. Uh, so I just want to check whether uh, at local government sphere, can one more certainty from the presentation say that to a larger degree has been uh, achieved uh, or are still work, they, there is still work that has to be done in terms of ensuring that uh, that ability to uh, second or transfer s- staff across all the three spheres has been achieved thank you over to you dm i think you'll decide uh, how you approach whether you'll give to your team and then you will come at the tail end to wrap up or you'll leave the, lead the responses over to you dm
3: uh, thank you honorable chair i think let me hand over to the dg for the responses and then i will wrap, wrap up uh, afterwards once all the responses have been given i uh, thank you chair
6: Thank you, DM. Oh, thank you, DM. Thank you, Chaperson. Yes. Thank you, Chaperson. Uh, before I respond, I'm going to ask Renisha to just handle some of the technical issues. We also have other colleagues in the group in the meeting who uh, I would suggest that if they want to also make comments, to indicate so. And then I will just um, come after after the colleagues uh, just before the deputy minister. Thank you, Chair Renisha.
0: Thank you, DG.
1: Maybe, maybe you. before Renisha, maybe, maybe before Renisha comes in, there's a question that I wanted to to ask that uh, that, that I forgot to raise the the role that 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 public service administration is playing in terms of uh, strengthening and. Uh, Coordinating the 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 third team of uh, of of, of senior managers. Uh, It's a matter that resides with the with the security agency, but I'm more interested in terms of the role that uh, that this technical unit will be playing to make it much more easier uh, to, to to avoid the deadlock that probably. Uh, Has been identified as an issue in terms of uh, 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 contribution uh, to to lifestyle audit, uh, the catering of corruption, because uh, I believe uh, there's a role that uh, the department will have to play in terms of strengthening that that, that aspect uh, of vetting, uh, which obviously resides with the security agency, but definitely coordination and also support. Uh,
0: it's important. Thank you, Renisha. You can come in. Thank you, chairperson. Um, thanks, DG DM. Uh, I'm going to try some of the questions, but I think the ones on the towel, maybe someone else, DG, might be better placed. Um, on the first question for Honorable Bos- Boshoff, Um, I think the the principle of employment is that people are allowed to apply for jobs across the administration. And if they are successful, then they are entitled to take those jobs. However, what we do within the public service space and and this is in municipalities as well, is that we create certain prohibitions and we create it simply where it's justified to limit those rights of people moving across spheres of government. Um, the one instance where there's a prohibition is where somebody has been dismissed for misconduct. There are certain um, number of years that that are in the regulations, both at a municipal level as well as at a public service level where you can't re-enter those environments uh, after you've been dismissed for misconduct. Um, as part of... Um, the bills as we are processing to parliament. We are also considering provisions to prohibit um, public servants from from entering into arrangements with, or employment arrangements with uh, service providers where those service providers have been given 10 and those employees have participated in those processes. So those are the kind of prohibitions we're looking at, but not necessarily to prohibit generally the movement of people across the spheres of government. Um, On on the next issue, in terms of the approach that we've taken to retain some of the pieces of legislation, currently there's there's a lot of um, amendments and there's a lot of value that is contained in the Public Service Act as well as the Municipal Systems Act. So the intention of the process is not to undermine those pieces of legislation. Um, Initially, when we started the single public administration initiative, the idea was that we will have one, uh, one administration regulated by one piece of legislation. But through this process, we have realized that it is not necessary to have one piece of legislation to achieve a single public administration what is required is for better coordination within government. So whilst you have matters regulated by different acts, it's important that as a government collective, there is collaboration, there is intergovernmental relations, and those are the the matters we are leveraging on. So currently there is legislation in place. It just requires us to coordinate. and, And I use the example of the prohibition uh, on employment. If, if people are prohibited from joining a municipality for 10 years, uh, the same should apply in the public administration. And those processes don't require legislative or acts to be re-en- uh, reenacted to do that. We can do that through the regulatory frameworks. So, so those are just matters that, that will be dealt with as we move through the processes. And we have already started those processes with the Department of Cooperative Governance to achieve um, those, those alignments, for those alignments to take place. Um, in terms of the role of the national of government, one of the key fundamentals of the Public Administration Management Act, which applies to both the public service as well as municipalities, is for the National School of Government to play a key role in the development uh, and the training of of employees throughout the administration. So in terms of PAMA as it stands, and as we propose that it continues to remain, is that the National School of Government will uh, will be the institution that will provide training across the spheres of government It is also envisaged that the National School of Government will also extend its mandate to provide training and development to those public entities that require such training and development. Um, The role of the Public Service Commission is also being retained to to certain uh, matters and that, that basically is about grievances in the public service. But I think the committee must also note that the Public Service Commission is also processing a bill Uh, through the legislative processes that will then uh, further enhance the powers of the commission and the role of the commission in the public administration. So I think that that process will also then uh, perhaps give more credence to what the Public Service Commission can do. Um, I think I've answered the question about why we haven't repealed the PAMA. On the transfers and secondments across the spheres, The Public Administration Management Act that was passed in 2014 already has provisions in Section 5 and 6 to enable the transfer and secondment of employees across the spheres of government. So it allows a municipal employee to move to the public service. It allows a public service employee to move to municipalities. It also allows employees to move between municipalities, which is something we don't have currently. Um, so, so that's already in the PAMA. The reason we haven't brought those provisions into operation is because one of the unintended consequences was the repeal of certain sections in the Public Service Act, which then will create a vacuum if we if we do that repeal. So that's part of the amendments that we are bringing to Parliament back to Parliament to say we need to fix that before we can bring this provision into operation. Um, so, so that. Process will be explained through the legislative processes. Um, thank you, DG. I think I've answered the questions. Again. thank you. um DG.
6: Oh, thank you, Chaperson. There were questions from Honourable Dango about the the lifestyle on the audits. And um, I think Chair, what would probably be the best thing to do for us maybe for the next meeting is to do a specific briefing on lifestyle audits. We have a a, a guideline that we have provided for departments on the review process. So firstly, we start with doing lifestyle review. And then once we pick up that there's something that requires attention, then it gets to the next level, which is the actual audit. Departments may um, uh, bring in um, external auditors to support them depending on severity of the issue or, um, or, well, it's not an or, as well as report to law enforcement for those areas that require um, uh, law enforcement investigation. So there is an, a, a whole uh, guideline in respect to this uh, um Currently, the lifestyle audits, we are, as the department, implementing them in national and provincial government. Uh, the technical advisory unit, in terms of its mandate, has a responsibility that stretches over to local government as well. However, the Honorable Member asked a question around the capacity. How the technical advisory unit is structured currently? doesn't have capacity to engage local government. So there are conversations taking place, engagements rather taking place between a DPSA technical advisory <clears> unit, <throat> as well as Salka and the Department of Local Government to see how we can uh, collaborate and ensure that the lifestyle audits are extended uh, to local government institutions. We have a system of declaration of interest, which is an electronic system Uh, which helps us to flag um, uh, employees who require further attention in terms of the lifestyle audits uh, approach, uh, Chairperson. I think that I've answered the questions just to confirm from our part that uh, we are operating at the national and provincial sphere at this stage, uh, we have not rolled out to local government. We are in conversation with um, a, a local government. There are regulations that are going to be issued on this matter. There's been endorsement by the relevant ministers in terms of regulations and lifestyle audits. It's part of the prioritized areas for, for further rollout. Thank you, uh, Chaperson. I think that uh, Renisha has answered all the questions that uh, have been raised. Uh, in respect to this matter. I wanted to highlight, I think there's a comment that the DM made earlier on, and I wanted to highlight that also the issue of direct delegation of administrative powers to accounting officers is an issue that is benchmarked against PFMA Because on financial delegations, the PFMA is very clear in terms of delegations of financial responsibility to accounting officers. So the argument with the amendments of the um, Public Service Act is that there must be a direct delegation of uh, administrative powers to accounting officers. And these administrative powers mainly center around HR-related matters, recruitment, and etc. to um, uh, to accounting officers. It is a uh, matter that is also in the Public Service Act Amendment Bill, and um, and and we can't go into detail on the matter now until it comes back to Parliament uh, formally through the bill processes. Thank you, Chair.
1: Thank you, DG. The 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 last one on the the support. Uh, to uh, government departments in terms of coordination of the vetting of the senior managers?
6: Oh, sorry, Chair. Uh, what we do at the stage of recruitment, our regulations and what we ensure happens as DPSA, and we have AG who audits uh, uh, appointments, who samples appointments and audits that there's a compliance with the regulations. Our So we require that there must be um, a a personnel suitability checks. Part of personnel suitability checks includes security checking. I don't want to say vetting because I think vetting goes deeper. But security checking of an employee before they get appointed. So there would be your typical search with a with subs and the confirmation that the employee does not have a criminal record and etc. Then uh, uh, the, the 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 SSA is expected to further do vetting on selected groups of employees like the teachers, etc. SSA has been struggling for years with uh, backlogs. I think COVID made matters even worse. But I've seen their communication to at least my department that they seem to have to be involved in a in a serious drive to deal with their backlog. We've receiving we've been receiving lots of correspondence about the vetting that they are doing and the fact that some of them, those who report to me, obviously they have to speak to me as the DJ of the department. I've had two or three requests in that area. So it's just giving me hope that uh, they, they've built their capacity and they're trying to move on the issue of vetting of uh, senior employees in senior positions in government. Thank you, Chair.
1: Thank you, DJ. I see Honorable Dango's hand, is
5: that a legacy hand, Honorable Dango? Honorable uh, thank you, Chabasin. Chabasin, I just want to check uh, uh, this question of uh, slide number nine. I didn't hear the, the response on the uh, issue, what are the achievements of the technical assistance unit in corruption, can the department provide a statistical breakdown in terms of the nature of corruption? Honourable Chairperson, maybe I missed, but I didn't hear the answer for that question. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Honourable
6: Thank you, Chair. We we will provide. We can provide in writing that information. I don't have the statistics with me directly, but I do also want to uh, highlight the mandate of um, uh, the technical uh, advisory unit in that it really facilitates, it does not investigate corruption. Investigation of corruption remains the responsibility of law enforcement agencies. We don't have mandate over that particular issue, but we do lots of facilitation and coordination within the public service and focusing on discipline management issues as well. So we will provide a report on the work of the technical advisory unit and what some of their successes are broadly in, in, in relation to their mandate. Thank you, Chair.
1: Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you, DG. Uh, I guess that was the last uh, follow-up uh, uh, uh Back to you, uh, GM.
3: Thank you, Honourable Chair. I think um, the officials have given all the answers. Um, we're just hoping that as we move forward, we will be in the position to refine this process. Uh, but one thing that is important is to really manage to be alert to what is meant by delegated authority um, to officials as compared to the authority of the elected representatives. Somewhere along the line is as if there is a little bit of confusion uh, on this, uh, it has actually also emerged in the professionalization of public service framework that is before cabinet now, and the matter is uh, continuing to be looked into. And this borders on the interface between the executive and uh, the administration, which is an area that really needs to be looked at carefully in order for us to be in the position to harmonize processes within government. I uh, Thank you, Chair.
1: Thank you, thank you. Thank you, dm uh, for, the, for the, uh, the presentation as led uh, by you. Uh, we are now in a much more better position to appreciate, to appreciate uh, progress made with regards to, to harmonization of our public service across all the, the three spheres, uh, areas of uh, success. Uh, areas of challenges uh, uh, and also uh, areas uh, that has to be to be uh, amended in terms of the municipal systems act and also in terms of the public service act uh, but also the the issues around the work of the uh, office of uh, uh, standards and norms, uh, the role that it plays in terms of ensuring that uh, there is no discord uh, across all the three spheres. Uh, we, we really appreciate the, the work uh, that uh, you are doing, uh, but more than that, the, the uh, respecting the the the, uh, the independence of the three spheres, but at the same time appreciating the fact that uh, they are interrelated they are interdependent and uh, but more than that I think that the, the, the center is to ensure that uh, there is no discord in terms of our for our public uh, service administration across all the three spheres. we want to to read really on behalf of the Senate committee uh, express uh, our gratitude to you and your team uh, and also uh, the effort that you took in terms of uh, giving feedback uh, on the on the progress that the select committee uh, wanted to hear and, and on that note uh, allow me to take this opportunity to uh, 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 thank you for your for, 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 for your leadership in the in the in, in, in the work that we are doing uh, uh, we will uh, now uh, allow the team and the team to to to, uh, to uh, 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 leave the meeting uh, because uh, uh, in the absence of uh, of any other follow up, I think uh, we have done just this to, to to the presentation, as reflected by the by the responses. Uh, <clears throat> The next question that we will then deal with uh, is just from the committee secretary. Uh, the, the next item on the agenda. Uh, thank you, Chair, we're leaving. Thank you, thank you, thank you, DM. <clears throat> uh,
2: thank you, Chairperson. It's, it's the mere adoption of the minutes. Uh,
1: the, the adoption of the minutes, okay. Yes. Can you take us through the minutes?
2: I just want to check... Uh,
1: Do we have the numbers? Yeah. Okay, we're five, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, if we're five, we do have
1: the numbers, we can proceed. It's yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and let's then uh, uh, deal with the minutes of the 24th of August, the uh, uh, aspect uh, on the Provincial Road Maintenance Grant uh, and Rural Road Asset Management Systems, uh, that was presented by the Department of Transport. Uh, the first part deals with the attendees. Uh, uh, then that's the apologies. Are so we happy with that? Let's then uh, go to those uh, those are our guests from the Department of Transport, and then the opening remarks. Then the apologies were presented are so the issues that were that were that were raised. Uh, the presentation was led, and the delegation was led by the chief financial officer. And then those were the comments and deliberations made by a number of members. And uh, from four point one to four point seven. And then those were the consideration. Any. Any correction that members uh, have identified? In the absence of any correction, can we then uh, get a mover for the adoption of the minutes as a true reflection of what transpired in the last uh, meeting of the 24th of August?
7: I so move, Chairperson.
1: Thank you, Honorable Dango, for moving. Can you get a second? Can we get a second
4: Chair, Okay, <laughs> sorry. I will move that. Um, I will second the proposal by Honorable Dunko.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you, Honorable Barshav. Uh, and uh, we wish you a speedy recovery yourself, Honorable Moshodi. We need your help. Uh, we need your good health so that we can continue doing the work of the committee. I suspect, is that uh, cold weather of, uh, of, yes. of, of Northern Cape?
2: Because
1: also, I'm it, also attacked by yes, the,
5: yes,
1: the same last week. It is that Thursday and Friday and Sunday, it was extremely cold. <laughs>
2: but thank you, a lot of members. Chairperson, uh, uh, before you close yes, the meeting.
1: Chair, yes, I just want to formally say that uh, when with the second by honorable boshop the minister will adopted now.
2: Oh, okay. thank you over to you committee secretary. Thank you, Chepesana. in terms of our discussion about the meeting next week. I wanted you at least to in inform members whats going to what is gonna what we've agreed upon.
1: Yes, uh, because of the of the cabinet quota. Y- yes, uh, we have, we have agreed to, to, to not try the meeting. Next week, uh, what were we supposed to hold to, to host? It was the Department of... Pu- Public Service, I mean, Public Works and Infrastructure. Okay, so uh, that, there will be no meeting next week. Uh, and then a week after that?
2: Uh, a week after that, Chairperson, uh, it's uh, ministerial briefings. Tuesday okay. and, and Wednesday. And okay, Wednesday.
1: no, it's fine then. Okay. If I may
7: raise something, at one point or another, uh, we may have to raise with transport and PRASA the fact that they're meeting with national government, provincial government, and local government. Uh, Local government is now putting out flyers that the train service from uh, the Naredi line, and uh, that line will be online soon. Okay uh they've not given any dates but it's creating expectations and those expectations may not be realized while people are still stripping uh, cables yeah. and things like that so uh, when they in fact meet with local government they should infor- and I'm not saying that they that they shouldn't meet with local government but they should actually have they communicating communicating ex- communicate exact information and not raise and Un- unrealizable expectations.
1: Yes, I think we'll, uh, we'll definitely do that. It, it means yeah, in, in one of our, of our items on the program, we might have to get uh, an update in terms of uh, uh, the uh, work that praza is doing in terms of uh, the reopening of those lines. Uh, let's agree that uh, uh, in our program for, for the fourth time. We'll try to slot that in. Then having said that, honorable uh, members, can I then take this opportunity to indeed uh, formally uh, also express a word of thanks to all of you, honorable uh, members, for ensuring that this meeting uh, becomes a success. Uh, we also want to appreciate the presence of uh, of, 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 of uh, the The parliamentary support team from the committee secretary to the researcher, the PMG, and also the communication team. Uh, We really appreciate your work. And on that note, honorable members, the meeting
0: is formally adjourned. Thank you.